Home for All podcast is a bi-weekly production where we will host interviews, facilitate conversations, and talk about what's happening in the world of real estate. We'll introduce you to the important people in your community and help you learn how to grow your real estate-related business. This is an adult show and some adult language might occasionally creep into the conversation. So let's move forward and find out what makes Northeast Ohio the best home for all. So I'm Dean DePiro. I'm a, uh, an attorney. Uh, I've been practicing for almost 28 years. Can't believe that. Um, I'm a former elected official. I served as a Palmer City Council member. Uh, a, a state representative for five years, and as mayor of Ohio's seventh largest city, Parma, for eight years. I left office uh, almost 10 years ago, and I uh, have built a fairly successful law practice that I practice on my own, but I also have a number of clients. I represent a number of communities as their law director or prosecutor, uh, but I also have a, uh, a government practice, and uh, I am ACARS, um, a political slash government relations consultant, and I assist Jamie and the staff uh, as it relates to interaction with local elected officials, including mayors, council members, and the like. So it's great to be here and I look forward to a great discussion. I'm Jamie McMillan. I am the Vice President of Government Affairs for ACAR. I'm in my 12th year, it's hard to believe, just like Dean. Um, I'm excited for us to talk a little bit today about the upcoming election and touch on our issues a little bit. So today we're gonna focus on the upcoming election, but before we get to that, I did want to reassure our listeners that we're still keeping tabs on everything that's going on in our three county area, watching out for any kind of activity that could impact home ownership or private property rights. A current trend that we're seeing right now um, is really focused on rental properties, and in in particular, tenant-focused protections. So one of the examples that I would share today is pay to stay. That's been trending for about the last year or so, and it's really due in large part to concerns around what would happen when the eviction moratorium ended, as well as the distribution of the emergency rental assistance that was made available. And we are hearing that depending on what entity you're going through, that process for getting those funds out is taking a little bit longer than anticipated. The other trend we're seeing is really focused on zoning. So a number of our cities, especially in Cuyahoga County, are updating zoning zoning codes. As an example, Cleveland Heights City Council is currently considering rolling back part of its garage or enclosed parking requirement. A hearing is scheduled for November 1st if anyone's interested in that. Of course, there are a number of other topics coming up, but let's shift to the upcoming election. Dean, you shared a really great overview with our members back at our Pancakes and Politics uh, event in early September. You're out in the trenches still. What are you seeing? How have things changed in the last month? 
Well, first of all, I'll just say that the policy issues that ACAR members and you and I have been dealing with on a regular basis, I think we're more busy than ever. So it's vitally important that the membership understands how important it is to know who our elected officials are at the local level, because that's where the rubber hits the road. And that's where legislation can really make an impact in our industry. You know, I was first elected to Parma City Council 26 years ago. And um, since that time, you know, I've served locally. I've also uh, practiced law, but also been active politically in supporting good candidates for good public policy. And I think I told our members back three or four weeks ago, uh, and I've been saying this, this is the most active campaign season locally for mayors and council members that I've seen in my 26 years. There are more mayor's races in Cuyahoga County that I have can ever remember. Uh, there's also activity in P- Portage County and, and Summit County, our other areas. But the bulk of the focus is really Cuyahoga County, it, obviously having more communities, etc. cetera. Um, we're seeing some very hotly contested mayor's races in open seats and where there are challengers who have stepped up to challenge longtime office holders or even first-term office holders. The uh, the hottest race on the horizon in Northeast Ohio is the Cleveland Mayor's race. Frank Jackson finishing an unprecedented four unprecedented four terms uh, decided he was not going to run for re-election. Uh, the council president Kevin Kelly uh, from Ward 13, the old Brooklyn neighborhood, stepped up to run as well as a newcomer on the scene. A gentleman by the name of Justin Bibb, who is a nonprofit executive. Um, there was a seven-way primary. Bibb came in first. Kelly came in second. Uh, Dennis Kucinich a close third. So he's out. So really now it's down to Bibb and Kelly. Uh, both are, are out working hard. Uh, I see that race tightening extremely close. I think it'll be a nail biter down to the end. Um, also, uh, there, like I said, in Cuyahoga County, a number of mayor's races. There's an open seat. Mayor Burns is not running in Parma Heights. You have the council president, Marie Gallo, and uh, 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 Anthony Stavoli, a council member, longtime Parma Heights name, going at it, both running strong campaigns. Uh, so that's a hot race in Parma Heights. North Olmstead, three-time incumbent Kevin Kennedy, uh, who just received the Plain Dealer endorsement this week, being challenged by the council president, Nicole Daly-Jones. The, the the newspaper correctly pointed out there's been a lot of acrimony between council and the mayor, uh, and uh, there are sl- two slates running for the council seats and the two candidates running for mayor. So a very active campaign season in the city of North Olmstead. Uh, Olmstead Falls, first term uh, Mayor Gravens uh, is, uh, has, a, has an opponent uh, running against him. And uh, uh, so anything can happen there. Uh, longtime Mayor uh, uh, Vic Kolova from Garfield Heights, a good friend of ACAR, stepped down in uh, earlier this year. The council president, Matt Burke, uh, decided to run. He's being challenged by a council member. A very hotly contested race as well in Garfield Heights. Uh, uh, in Summit County, uh, Cuyahoga Falls, Don Walder's a good friend of, of ACAR, being challenged by Mary Stemple. Uh, many think Mayor Walters will prevail in that race. But certainly, um, you know, elections are different today. Um, 
with the with the uh, with social media, with Facebook, etc. Uh, the Trump factor weighs in in some of these local races as well. A lot of new voters, a lot of young voters. So uh, the traditional trends you can kind of throw out the window sometimes, and we'll see how that the presidential last year will play into these local races as well. In Aurora, uh, two two-time uh, two-term uh, mayor Ann Wilmer Benjamin uh, is being challenged by a newcomer uh, there. Uh, uh, so that will be a, a race to watch as well uh, in in Sleepy Aurora, where there really aren't any races generally. It's a well-run community. We'll see what happens there. Many think that the, the incumbent will prevail. Uh, a new a new city that we've not had race a race in before the city of Cleveland Heights. City of Cleveland Heights. Due to their charter, was run generally by a weak mayor, but a city manager. The voters of Cleveland Heights last year eliminated the city manager form of government. They're going to a strong mayor form of government. Barbara Danforth, a well-known uh, former uh, uh, former Cleveland uh, city Cleveland law director, uh, being char- challenged by. Khalil uh, Sarin, who um, is uh, running a good campaign. So that'll be one to watch as well. Cleveland Heights is one of those communities that ACAR is always interested in, and uh, so we'll be watching that one very closely. In addition to the mayor's races, you have a number of council races. Um, City of Strongsville, uh, hotly contested at large, four people running for three uh, seats. Uh, City of Lakewood, uh, hotly contested, six people running for three at large races. Those are important because uh, generally those become citywide elected officials and potentially are mayoral candidates down the road because they serve in a citywide capacity. So those are two big cities, Strongsville and Lakewood, to watch for the future, obviously. Uh, City of Parma, eight of the 10 council members are being challenged, kind of unheard of uh, in, in Cuyahoga County. So, so that's that's really um, it. Really goes to show, um, and it's good. I think that there's a lot of interest in in local politics because it's, those are important important offices. I'll make another note. Um, I talked about it, pancakes and politics, with Tom Barris and uh, Lou Broderin uh, in our panel, and, and I, this is also an unprecedented year for school board races. School board races. And school board meetings have become hotbeds for social um, uh, experiments on masking and a critical race theory and those types of things. Um, there are many activist groups that, that have gotten involved um, and are angry about the requirements of vaccinations in schools or mask wearing in schools. And so the two sides, depending on what your side you're on, they're showing up at school board meetings, letting their voices be heard, which is good. Which is not good is that in, in some areas there's been civil unrest, not so much here in this area, but around the country. Um, uh, critical race theory, uh, this talking point that's been battered about by by uh, many on the right, um, has been injected into these school board meetings. So there's a lot of school board races, people running on these issues. And so school board meetings are no longer sleepy and short. They become robust and raucous at some point. And hopefully after the election, those issues will subside and they can get back to the work they have to do. So 
Jamie, uh, you're busy. I'm busy. ACAR members are busy because these are very important election, very important elections for our industry and for Northeast Ohio. Well said, Dean. One of the things that you talked about, especially during your Cleveland remarks, was the trend with new and younger voters. So I wanted to kind of follow up on that and ask you how much of an impact do you think early voting is going to play into some of these races? And let's just focus on the Cleveland mayor's race, because I think that's probably the biggest example where we might see something. Right. I believe the estimate was that there were there were there were about 10,000 early votes cast in the Cleveland mayor's race. It is expected that 20,000 will be cast. Early votes will be cast in the mayor's race. Um, That has obviously changed the way campaigns will occur. So that may be they believe two uh, one quarter to one third of the entire vote. so the campaigns needed to start right earlier because absentee voting generally happens 28 to 30 days before the election. So the campaigns are longer. Money is spent earlier. Uh, the mediums, whether it be TV, radio, podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, texting, door to door, Whatever it is, there's additional mediums that now that need to be touched by all these campaigns. So um, clearly, uh, early vote, uh, younger voters, uh, may, uh, potentially more conservative younger voters or potentially the Clippers mayor's race, more progressive younger voters may have more of a say this year than they have in the past because uh, they they have volume. So I think that they will definitely make a difference in the Cleveland mayor's race. Do you think, looking in our crystal ball, of course, um, that this resurgence with COVID is going to play a factor into voter turnout or what that might look like? So I think uh, COVID will not, for the most part, there's exceptions, in my opinion, will not affect voter turnout tremendously. It may affect how the votes are cast. You'll, you may have more than 20,000 absentee or, or mail, I should say, mail by vote, mail, uh, vote by mail votes. It's not really called absentee anymore. It's vote by mail uh, because anybody can do it. You may, so you may have more cast that way. I don't think it'll affect voter turnout. Um, what has been surprising, a surprising trend in Cleveland is the lack of voter turnout. Um, it's been very low. The question in this race, you have a white candidate. I'm just going to talk about race at this point, a white candidate and an African-American candidate. The uh, the, uh, the east side, where there is more volume of African-American um, um, voters, uh, had a fairly poor turnout in the primary uh, and was exceeded by the white turnout on the, whites, on the, on, on the, on the west side. Um, both both sides do have crossover vote, though. Um, uh, Bib has a good amount of white upper echelon, upper income voters in Cleveland, and Councilman Council President Kelly is getting some uh, support because of the support of Frank Jackson and Blaine Griffin and Bashir Jones and others 
who have come out and they supported black elected officials who have come out and supported him. So there is going to be crossover vote. The trick for both campaigns would be to have those individuals, for example, on Kelly's side, to have those African-American elected officials saying, we know Kevin Kelly, he cares about our issues, it's okay to vote for him. Same token, Justin Bibb, uh, white validators, white elected officials say, Justin Bibb has enough experience. We know him. He'll govern uh, well. He has the experience. You can trust him. So getting validators on the east and west side for both candidates uh, to get that crossover vote is going to be really important. And the same would go with young voters, the young Democrats. The young Republicans may weigh in in this race and pick a side since there's no Republican. So those are some things to watch in the closing days. So one last question on the Cleveland race, how much of an impact, and maybe it's beyond Cleveland too, how much of an impact do you think things like issue 24 or school board, school levies, any of that kind of stuff will play into how things might turn out for the candidates that are running for mayor or council? It's a great question because in the city of Cleveland, issue 24 uh, is a fairly complicated citizen initiative uh, that was put on the ballot um, that depending on who you're asked on the one side the Kelly campaign is saying this is defund the police you, we're going to lose police officers you're not going to have det- a detective bureau you're going to leave millions of dollars of taxpayer money in the hands of unelected individuals and it's going to make the city less safe on the bib side you have issue 24 is good It'll hold the police accountable. It'll make the officials more accountable. A kind of an activist, progressive philosophy, if you will. Those will be the competing arguments about issue 24. The Kelly campaign is definitely, if you hear his debate uh, last night, is definitely going to capitalize on, it, on, on Bibb's support for 24. The question is, will that, will that be enough? Same thing with the school board races. School board races and these masks and these COVID issues, and they may seep into the local races, um, uh, local council races and mayor's races. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see how that turns out. Thanks, Dean, for that insight. For our listeners, ACAR has a group of trustees that interviewed, gosh, over four days, a number of candidates that are seeking local local positions in our three county area and over the course of those four days you know they had to deliberate some of the big housing issues that we're monitoring and you can see a full list of our RPAC supported candidates uh, on ACAR's website AkronClevelandRealtors.com or check out the podcast notes for a link to get more information. That's it for today. Thank you Dean for joining me. With Great this. to be here as usual. Absolutely. We will see you all next time.